are listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more totally free anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. My next guest is uh, known to quite a few people, including myself. Uh, this is uh, actor, writer, comedian, Kathy Jones. Hello. Hi, Kathy. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm just, let me see if I'm doubling back when I hear myself. No, I'm not. I'm good. Hi, Johnny. <laughs> there you go. Somebody calls me Johnny. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm kicking off these interviews with the same basic question, uh, which mm-hmm. is, because uh, we're called Our Anxiety Stories. And so, oh. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what is your anxiety story? Oh, yeah. You know, I don't feel like that I've got this kind of there I was and, you know, my anxiety came up, you know, like I feel like it's a sort of a, an overall kind of fabric of my life, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, you know, wanting to completely avoid things and, mm-hmm. you know, not caring whether opportunities pass by because it's too, you know, stressful to make leaps uh, that are required in terms of a lot of internal stuff that you need to, you know, accomplish. Yeah. That you just have too much fear and anxiety around. It's uh, rooted in a relationship with with oneself, I feel like. So, you know, um, when you have shaky ground starting off and you don't, like I see my, my daughter's children, she did this very like Herculean job of really being present for them on a, in a way that you think like someone being such a grown-up here and being so understanding that these children's nervous systems seem to be very calm and people think oh three boys must be running around like maniacs mm-hmm. and there's this quality about them that I feel like most of us don't get what we need to keep our nervous system kind of like on a sta- stable key uh, plane so I feel like you know, anxiety is just a big part of uh, of the fabric of my everyday. And but you know, at the same time, when I was a kid, I was very very anxious about going to school. I didn't want to go even in kindergarten. I started uh, skipping school and begging my parents to let me stay home. And you know, but it's just like, well, what what do we impose on children that cause them to go down that road anyway? Mm-hmm. Like. When children go to school, a lot of times people feel like, kids, parents feel like, I've got to teach you to be a big boy now. Yeah. I feel like we pre-scare children. We think, world's going to be scary. You better learn right now. It's like, we don't need to rush anything. We're going to find out kind of thing. And I think that some of the things that we impose on children jangle the nervous system and cause that kind of anxiety that lasts a lifetime. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, when I was young and going through anxiety, you know, what, what they jangled me with was nuclear war. You know, that's what I was mostly yeah. scared of. And exactly. th- there's always something, and, and you know, I, I have a real problem with the way that uh, that climate change is being approached in the high schools and exactly. in the schools, because yes. now it's it's basically making, it's it, they're using, a lot of people use fear as a tactic to deal with it, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and that, that's triggered my kids, for sure. Oh, my God. Anybody that I know that has children that are teenagers are either dealing with, you know, complete jocks who are somehow managing to keep themselves afloat by being totally 
you know, into the football or in some way like saying la la la, I can't hear you to what's going on, or mm-hmm. completely like overly, like, uh, for example, highly sensitive people, which is a huge percentage of people mm-hmm. and the kids, they just, they're just overwhelmed. Some of them are depressed and some of them have had a hell of a time like getting on and off weed because it really doesn't work when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. It kind of de- always depletes your life. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it really hard to get back up on the horse. There's a lot going on with the young people, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when we were kids, too, we were, you know, we were Catholic, you know. And, and I feel like the thing I was going to say to you was that anxiety is everywhere and all pervasive. And the idea is what, how you, your view, your view is very important at this point. Like, when you think that there's something that you're not getting because you don't feel safe, then that's the wrong tack because there is no there is no ground and there never has been and the more you embrace that view mm-hmm. um, I think that helps you with kind of like okay now there is no ground there's no guarantees now what am I going to do you know mm-hmm. yeah definitely so did you say you have you have grandchildren now that are that, that I have three grandchildren I have a 11 year old a 9 year old and a 6 year old wow yeah. That's fabulous. And so with your with your daughter, does did, did your daughter, like, did your, were your kids okay when it came to the anxiety spectrum to that stuff, or were they just, like, most uh, most kids? My, my older daughter, you know, when I was, when I had her, I was uh, gallivanting around as a single mother, and luckily she came equipped with a very strong nervous system. You know, even at that, she's done a lot of work with her own stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and then my other daughter, I basically, I said to her coming up, I said, I'm doing a terrible job. I was very stressed out when I was with her father. And I said, I'm doing a terrible job, and I will pay for your therapist. And I, and I am paying for her therapist. <laughs> Interesting, because yeah, I've never really heard of that. I've never really heard of a, you know, of a parent kind of taking that kind of responsibility, you know? Well, I think that that accountability is so healing in a family. Like, for example, you know, you have a situation where, you know, constantly you have, and, and I'm reading about this since the early days when I read that guy, uh, the guy who wrote The Road Less Traveled, and he was talking about a psychology of evil, mm-hmm. like parents completely blaming their kids for being nuts and never looking within. And that's the whole approach to anxiety that I think anything that's paid attention to actually gets better. And so if you really go into your anxiety instead of trying to, you know, get outside of it, you'll never win. It is there. So how do you kind of give in to whatever it is, like whether it means that you are anxious because you feel justified in behaviors or, you know, like if you don't examine what what's coming up in your mind, if you don't look at the contents of your mind and you're constantly trying to get away from the mind, mm-hmm. it's really quite a trap. And, and I think that with my kids, I was always kind of accountable, like, and that was my saving grace and all of my neurosis. Yeah, avoiding avoiding anxiety certainly causes anxiety, uh, in yeah. my experience. <laughs> but you know, there's not not everybody. It seems like is uh, is open to because in my experience with mental health issues, um, going inward was kind of the was one of the big solutions. You know, becoming uh, you know. Be just going inward and thinking about myself, thinking about what I'm, what what I am, and what's causing this. Not not everybody is ready to do that or willing to do that, and I guess that's kind of one of the one of the hard nuts to crack when it comes to this. Absolutely. I mean, I think that people think that first of all, I think we absorb and internalize aspects 
of abuse in our lives, and we then have a representative of people who scared us living within ourselves, and we scare ourselves all day long. Mm-hmm. So when when we break down, uh, you know, I, I think there's no, I don't think it's crazy or, or kooky to uh, break yourself down and go, okay, who's in here? And yeah. go, oh, gosh, look, you know, there's a really, like, because I, I destroyed relationship after relationship with this incredible, you know, um, uh, critical um, energy of mine, and mm-hmm. um, until I met somebody who, who had so much space that, that and that they just there's nothing like they say you can't punch space like space just opens and and right. it's just like a mirror right right yeah yeah so, so and so i've heard tell that of an anxiety attack uh being sounding like someone's being completely aggressive yeah. and i know that a lot of my anxiety has come out with this kind of like because when i think of it now because my boyfriend provided so much space for my for my stuff yeah i realized i i was just like shouting down the hallway saying like you know basically is it okay for me to need to be alone right now i don't know how to do this i don't know how to be this close to somebody without thinking it's going to kill me yeah it's very yeah. you know you have this high alert thing on the go right you think oh my god if someone gets that close to me i will die i will lose my life yeah Stuff yeah. Like that. yeah yeah yeah, it's interesting how we how how people react to that kind of thing. I've got I've got a question you because you're a performer. You know, you were a COD Co. and this you still are COD Co. and this hour has 22 minutes. Um, how, how did you, you? You're kind of the classic example. You know, you're you're a funny person who deals with these issues, and so many times we hear about funny people who deal with these issues. But how did you? How did that inform your ability to perform or ability to write, you know, ability to be funny? How did that yeah, work? I have for you? a really hard time writing, Johnny. I have a really hard time, like, I'll, I'll have a burst of really interesting ideas and then I'll, I'll completely, like, I don't know how to bring myself back to the, to the board and push through. I need support and I've never really had it. I've never had the guts to say how much support I actually need or the confidence to say, I have an idea so good that you guys got to give me four people to work with. Like, I've never pushed through with the collective energy that I've wanted. And working on my own is very challenging for me. I have ADD. And yeah. I, I was until I met a certain therapist, like, in 2012, who said, listen, listen, you really have ADD. When I was younger, I didn't know I had ADD. Mm. And I used to write on a typewriter, so it didn't have the Internet in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. And then... And and, and uh, someone said to me the other day, a direct, I learn things every day. I'm 64 years old, and I'm always looking to learn something. And the director said to me, do you lock your phone in a box and try to just write three pages a day? And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it has affected me. Mary used to always say, Mary Walsh always say to me, you have ADD, and I didn't know what it was, and it wasn't big then. Yeah, And no. I would just, I would, like, my mind is like a jazz mind. Like, all of a sudden, I'm... I'm sort of putting in a whole new riff in there, and you're like, why are you going there, you know? Mm-hmm. It's been embarrassing, and I always felt, I felt really insecure about the way my brain worked, but, like, I worked with a lady very recently. A girl came to work with me, and me and my other friend had pitched a TV show where my friend kept re- referring to me as, you know, da-da-da-da-da, symptoms of untreated ADHD. <laughs> and my friend who came to work with me said, listen, you can't, you're being, like, you're being, like, you know, uh, uh, prejudice against your, the way your own brain works. People gotta accept different types of thinkers. Remember David Milch? He used to write. Uh, he wrote. He just 
he has Alzheimer's right now, mm. but he wrote Deadwood, he wrote uh, Hill Street Blues, yeah. and I read one day about the way he wrote, he like, he had somebody who was writing it down, uh, who was typing it, he was lying on the floor, he had about 10 people in the room, there was somebody making it go up on a big screen, and it's like, oh my God, you know, really? that really helps. I've only a couple times in my life had those diamond situations. One, I'm, I worked with my brother, who, who really, really focused me. Yeah. I worked with Anne-Marie Kerr, who really, really focused me. And I also got to work with Janet Spence when I was younger, and I wanted to get back to that situation ever since. I'm not a political person. I've never watched The National all the way through. Yeah. Never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, and, but I like working in a collective, and I'd like to do that. And also, I smoke weed for my, when I'm, I don't need to do it when I'm alone, but when there's people going to happen, I'm going to get high, you know. I haven't <laughs> drank for 25 years, but wow. I still have a draw to, to work with my, my mind. Yeah. Work with my mind, work against my mind, maybe. I don't know. I yeah. feel like sometimes, hmm, weed yeah. is a weak kind of way out for me, but it sure is nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, what other? Do you have any other strategies, coping strategies outside of you know? Well, you say weed, but um, anything else that you that oh, yes. you go to? Yes, that I, I have done EMDR, which I find is uh, very straightforward. I don't know why all trauma therapists say, "Oh well, I can't really use that. I'd rather use reenactment." They're blah, blah. people just. I'm like not sure what EMDR is. What's EMDR? EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, especially good for small T traumas like. The things you're really embarrassed about, like I always say, yes, you should sweat the small stuff because notice you pull a little small stuff with you to every different therapist you go to. Yeah. You say, well, there was that dumb thing. And they say, well, uh, okay. And they don't know how to work on it until you realize the little things that happened to you really were impactful. And EMDR really works on that. It's a wonderful kind of therapy. That really healed a lot of my doom and gloom feeling about being depressed. And now, like, I can get some perspective on depression. I can see that it kind of it comes and goes, and and you know, like just as good times are not permanent, bad times are not permanent. Yeah, either. everything's always changing. For sure. And I've always I eat really well. I don't eat any lectins or colored candies or any false colors. You know, like those yeah. blues and yellows. That really helps. I really my diet is really you know, got a lot of nutrients in it, you know, brain yeah. food. Excellent. And I've really cleaned out, like, a lot of debris out of my body so that my brain is not as, you know, I really believe, I can, I can feel it from people when, when their gut bacteria is foul, then they're sick mentally and they're not as able to kind of, you know, kind of really access their brilliance. Uh, the other day I had this strong impression that children are magical and connected to the earth like just like mushrooms are connected to each other, mm. like you can have a magical, magical life. And I think we do take children's power away when we give them white sugar because you're turning yeah. them into little addicts. Who deserves to have that kind of high and low going on with them when they're that little? We yeah. should just be able to be our wholesome selves. Yeah, well, the white sugar is an addiction I work on every day. Trust me, Kathy. Me too, bud. Yeah. Me too, because then I think, oh, I'm not eating any. I want to be having honey and maple syrup. It's a deal. My daughter did it last week. She gave up all sugar, berries, juice, everything and she was crying for about seven days and now she's great she's That's, ready to take on city hall okay there you go maybe i'm going to try that kathy i really appreciate you taking the time and opening up to us today on world mental health day uh it's very important and it's very important from hearing from people like you uh it, it's invaluable to everybody out there listening thanks so much i really appreciate what you're doing johnny thanks very much nice to talk to you again we shall chat soon okay good take thanks. care bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. And if you like what you hear, 
please consider making a donation. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Until next time.